Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Well, good day and welcome to Voice of the Church. My name is Pastor Greg Bilsma and I serve the Living Water Reformed Church of Brantford, Ontario, Canada. As we work through our talks this week, I want to begin by giving special thanks and recognition to the work, scholarship, and writing of Pastor Erwin Lutzer. His recent book, We Will Not Be Silenced, has been used as the inspiration for our talks for the first three talks. If you take time to study God's Word together, I would, of course, encourage you to take a look at that book yourself and see what he has to share from God's Word. When we began our previous talk, we were looking at the mounting forces that are coming against the church in today's age, against the gospel of Christ the forces that stand against truth and against true love, biblical love. These forces may proclaim love, they may proclaim equality, but they don't actually desire that. No, they are seeking power, and to get it, they will silence the church that would stand in their way. We saw the importance of looking to God in these seasons, of finding strength in Him, of knowing that we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we even know what to do, but our eyes are upon the Lord. This led us to two actions that we covered, first prayer and second worship. But in between those two actions, there was something in the Bible that we missed, and we missed it intentionally. So we could take some further time on it today. What happened in between the prayer and the praise was this, found in verse 14. We read there in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. Now the names in the Bible can be a little tricky to pronounce, but don't let it fool you. What's happening here is God is sending his spirit in a special way upon one of his prophets to bring a message to God's people who are praying. We're going to read what he says in verse 15 of 2 Chronicles 20. And he that is the prophet Jehaziel, filled with the Holy Spirit, that is, said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up from the ascent of Ziz. And then as we continue on in verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. This is a rather intriguing thing. In last week's talk, we saw how when Jehoshaphat saw the enemy, he sought the Lord, and he pursued the Lord in prayer. He humbled himself and sought help from God. And God will indeed be the one who saves Judah, saves his people from the foe that stands against him, and he will win the Lord. But what does it mean for Jehoshaphat to truly depend upon God? What does it mean for him to truly seek the Lord to find his help from God? Well, God shows us when he sends his spirit upon Jehaziel, the prophet, to bring Jehoshaphat the message of God's word. He shows through the word of God what it will look like practically for Jehoshaphat to trust in the Lord. And this is a very, very important concept for us in today's world. We can speak of trusting in the Lord sometimes and not realize what it means to do the very thing we speak of. 
When we speak of trusting the Lord today in the Christian faith, that must begin by understanding that God's word is true. And that word of God exposes us in our sinfulness as human beings. It shows that we are under the wrath of a holy God who hates our sin, even though he loves the very people who commit that sin. And then that truth of God reveals to us that God has so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to die upon the cross that whoever believes in him should have forgiveness and everlasting life through him. The word of God points to us what we call the way of salvation. But it does a whole lot more than that too, doesn't it? You see, depending upon God and for Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah to look to the Lord, to seek the Lord, resulted in God giving his word to them. Now, what would happen if they ignored that word? What would happen if they didn't listen to the prophet? If they said, Lord, our only help is in you, and God said, okay, then tomorrow you go down, you face the foe that is before you, and you stand still and you watch my salvation. And what happens if they said, well, we don't really want to do that. It is a big army. We're not sure if we can trust you. We're actually going to run. You remember how Jonah, when he was summoned to go to Nineveh, ran the opposite direction. What happens if the people of Judah did that? Would they really be seeking the Lord? Would they be finding their strength in the Lord? No. They'd be finding their strength in their own wisdom. They'd be finding their strength in their own cleverness to hide from an army that was invading them. The only way they could truly find strength in the Lord was not only to humble themselves, not only to pray, not only to seek him, But when the Lord spoke, when the Lord spoke, to hear it, to believe it, and to obey it. You see, as this nation of Judah hears the word of the Lord, and they begin marching, not away from the battle, but towards it, knowing they won't even be fighting, carrying again in their hands, not the swords and the shields first and foremost, but having a a congregation set there, as verse 21 tells us, to be those who sing the praise and praise the beauty of God's holiness, singing praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. As they walk forward in this battle with their worship team in the lead, they are showing faith in action. They are showing that what it means to depend upon the Lord is that when he speaks in his word, you hear it and you obey it and you trust the God who gives you his word by his servant. Now, why is that so important today? Beloved in the Lord, the world has always been willing to tolerate a church and a Christian faith that has no content. The world has always been willing to tolerate people who will say they believe in the Lord when that belief doesn't affect the way they live, or doesn't affect the way they speak, or doesn't affect the way they live in the culture as citizens of whatever nation they belong to. You see... When we think of what it means to stand up in an age that needs the gospel, it means that we stand up depending upon and relying upon the tools that God has given us, that he indeed might, through those tools, win the victory. And what are those tools? At the beginning of history, they've always been the same two things, the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And that's what we depend on as a church, and that's what we stand upon as Christians, to know the Word of God, and to stand in the power of the Spirit of God, to obey and show that we therefore depend upon and trust in the Lord. You see, 
When we look at today's climate and culture, we are in a culture that will increasingly reject the truth of God's word. They'll increasingly try to silence the church. And we've even seen efforts to twist history, to change the past, to change the recordings of the past, the idea of the past. We've seen efforts to separate, even even though we have these uh, critical race theories and arguments to try and stop uh, racism, which of course we are fully in favor of, and, and Christians stand against racism wholeheartedly. And yet sometimes we look at the efforts of our culture to do this, and it seems almost to cause more divides than it does to bring healing. And as we try and bring the gospel of Christ, as we try and speak a message of a crucified and risen Savior who unites hu- humankind in, in one Savior, one head, one Lord, so often it's a message people don't want to hear. The truth is that all through the New Testament, As we read about the spread of the church, this spread was always being done against the desires of the political and even sometimes the religious authorities of the day. The disciples were beaten for speaking about Jesus in the book of Acts. They were forbidden from speaking about the name of Jesus anymore to the people. And if you remember the story in Acts 4.19, they declared, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. The greatest missionary of scripture, Paul, faced repeated beatings, imprisonments, and stonings for preaching and teaching the word of God. And yet, what does he say in Romans 1.15? As much as it is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. The truth is that the gospel of Christ Jesus is under incredible levels of attack in today's culture, as it always has been. These attacks may not always be intellectual. They may not always be coming across in a debate format. To quote from Lutzer's book, In today's cancel culture, many Christians will not be talked out of their faith, but mocked out of it. Shame will cause many Christians to retreat into silence as hate speech legislation effectively makes our witness illegal. But historically, for most of 2,000 years, the church has had to survive without freedom of speech. To preach in the name of Jesus was considered forbidden. It was hate speech that carried the penalty of imprisonment and sometimes even death. But it is not necessary to have free speech in order to be faithful. It is not necessary to have free speech in order to be faithful but loving the Lord, as we face a foe that stands against us, sometimes we can see that foe and we can become afraid. Sometimes that foe can take away rights that we've had for many years and we can feel like we're lost, we're without hope because those privileges are gone. But the church has survived in the loss of privilege for thousands of years. And the church has seen that her strength is not dependent upon the allowance of governments or man, but upon the help of a sovereign God. In times of increased opposition, we can see the hand of the enemy with greater clarity and even find ourselves in a greater state of fear against the forces that have gathered against us. Let us not be afraid. Let us go to the God who is able to save and entrust ourselves to him by doing the very act we realize that shows that trust to obey God and to hold forth the word of truth with courage and with boldness. This is what Paul was not ashamed of because he knew that this gospel is not the power of man, but the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. 
Now, before we close off our talk today, we need just one additional word on this topic. As we hold forth this word, as we see the importance of holding forth the word of God in today's world, as we strive to obey it and proclaim it to all people, we need to remember something of great importance. That reliance upon God and upon his word does not mean we are relying merely on how loudly we can speak or how loudly we can yell the truth. Rather, God declares that the meek of the earth shall inherit the the earth. And the truth is that we can use the Bible sometimes in a way that depends more upon the strength of man than the strength of God, thinking that the force of our words or the persuasiveness of our argument or the eloquence of our speech might be what brings people from from darkness to the gospel light. And that is never the case. The message of a crucified and risen Savior who died for the worst of sinners is made known to the worst of sinners with love and humility. It means we care for those who might oppose us. It means we pray for them. It means we seek their good. And with love, we share the gospel of a God who loves them even when they fight against him. After all, isn't that the gospel that saved us? Beloved in the Lord, as we continue to fight this fight, as we continue to strive to live for the glory of our God, as we want to depend upon him and find our hope in him, finding hope in the Lord means trusting to the tools he gives, holding fast the word of truth, the gospel of Christ Jesus, the Bible in all its fullness, and resting upon his spirit to do the work, not ourselves, not our persuasiveness, not our arguments, not the loudness of our voice, but the spirit of God, who can make the word of God cut to the heart, and bring the worst of sinners to become the most spotless of saints. As we continue to strive forward in the week to come, beloved in the Lord, may we find our hope in the Lord. May we love his word and truth, and may we not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus.